this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Of course, we have looked all very carefully at the communication coming out of the Xi Jinping uh, meeting uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin, and uh, we very much hope that the phone call will take place as soon as possible between Xi Jinping and uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. I think this morning uh, I did not get reports that this phone call had taken place, but I think that's crucial. Uh, also, because China, China has come up with a peace proposal, uh, which, uh, of course, when we read it, there are elements in it which could be helpful elements which are not so helpful, but here the devil is in the detail, so a direct communication between Xi Jinping and Volodymyr Zelensky would be welcomed. Do you think China can actually play that role as a in this That's difficult to assess at this moment. Well, that's difficult to assess at this moment whether they can play that role, but of course it's up to Zelensky and his team to engage in whatever proposals on the table if they see merit in it. But then, of course, you first need to establish Yield to the lady from Arizona, Ms. Lesko, for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Chu, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, you, if you use our app and you open it, you will find our users who that's give not, all sorts of content. That's not my question. My question is, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Well, it's deeply concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does on this. It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, I'm here to describe TikTok and what we do as a platform. And as all a right. platform, we allow our users to freely express all their right. views on this issue Earlier and any today, other issue that matters to them. Well, you didn't answer the question. If you just let me know, uh, by the way, it's Thursday, March uh, 23rd, 23 March, your overlord, 2023. I want to make sure if Memphis could cut that last part, I want to play that again. Just tell me when it's ready. Uh, today's been nothing but today's been nothing but um, has been nothing but uh, really arrogance uh, from the Chinese Communist Party operative that runs TikTok. And I think it's pretty embarrassing. We talked about this in the morning show when you had. Uh, what uh, Modi did in India, what Modi did in India a couple of years ago is that they just took down all the CCP apps in one afternoon, including TikTok, and they've never had their kids poisoned by this. This is a uh, a weapon. It's a um, it's a poisonous weapon. As we've said from day one, it's a big part of their unrestricted warfare, as you know, the book we've walked you guys through for the last, what, two or three years. This is unrestricted warfare, you know, pre-kinetic. Um, and it's, uh, it's just outrageous. Today's hearing, I thought, I thought it was a joke. This guy was arrogant. He just saw right there. Let's if we have that clip again, if Memphis, you just replay this clip from, uh, Lesko of Arizona, let's go ahead and, and, and roll it again. 
Yield to the lady from Arizona, Ms. Lesko, for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Chu, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, you, if you use our app and you open it, you will find our users who that's give not, all sorts of content. That's not my question. My question is, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Well, it's really concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does evasive. on this. It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, I'm here to describe TikTok and what we do as a platform. And as All a right. platform, we allow our users to freely express All their right. views on this issue Earlier and any today, other issue that matters to them. Well, you didn't answer the question. Okay, if if, if we're going to be a great power, we got to start acting like a great power. We just had this uh, hugely significant, as we've been walking you through for the last couple of weeks, about this uh, meeting that took place in Moscow between the KGB and the CCP. Uh, if you're going to be a great power, you got to act like a great power. Today was not us acting like a great power. And, yeah, there were a lot of sharp questions, but this guy shows up. He's a CCP asset. The company's f f pure CCP. And um, you just sit there with the arrogance. He's got the best lobbyists, the best lawyers. He's been, you know, he was well prepped, very well prepped. But how not to answer a question. I want to bring in Breeder General Tata. Uh, was in the Trump administration. In fact, uh, Brigadier General, you were actually over in the Pentagon as the, uh, I think, the acting secretary for policy, which is like over the State Department. It's probably one of the most powerful jobs in our government that people don't know a lot about. Uh, give us your sense. Uh, you're, you've, you're a novelist now. We're going to get to that in a second. But give us your sense uh, geopolitically where we are after you've had the you know moral equivalent, the 21st century equivalent of the Molotov Ribbentrop meeting uh, in uh, in Moscow this week with the KGB and their senior partners, the CCP, sir. Yeah, uh, Steve, uh, great to be with you and uh, all, all your listeners. Uh, we're at a really precarious time right now in this uh, country and, and the world. Uh, we uh, have uh, portrayed so much weakness over the last couple of years, uh, beginning with the uh, bumbled Afghanistan exit uh, that really uh, did two things. It fractured NATO uh, in a way that uh, the corporate media uh, has not covered, won't let anybody talk about. Uh, but uh, we had, you know, 30 some nations over there that we just left hanging. And when I was the undersecretary, uh, we we had a um, uh, mantra that we came in together, we adjusted together and we were going to leave together. And, and you know, uh, our, our president at the time, he, he wanted to get out of there. But, you know, we, we left 2000 troops there and and it was a very reasonable solution going forward. And and the Biden administration, well, they weren't even paying attention. And we started leaving and they were all on vacation and NATO broke uh, in a way that I have not seen uh, in my lifetime. And uh, because we left them hanging. And then secondly, they were still. Uh, using uh, Russian oil, which the president talked about all the time. So uh, Putin then moves his troops to the uh, end of Belarus and along the Ukrainian border, and uh, nobody's talking. Blinken's nowhere to be found. There's no diplomacy whatsoever. And so that massive weakness, that power vacuum that has been created by an absent Biden administration has allowed China now to come up and 
uh, begin to ascend all the way to a global leadership position. And, and they have been posturing for this for a long time with their Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they, they signed a deal with Saudi Arabia and Iran. Uh, and, and so they are trying to supplant uh, themselves in the Middle East. Uh, all of our blood and treasure that went into securing the oil and all of that. Meanwhile, we're not energy independent any, anymore. And so we now rely more on Middle East oil than we did a couple of years ago. And uh, so China then steps in as a peacemaker into Ukraine, Russia uh, situation. And it's a really uh, tough thing to watch after 30 years of service, Steve, uh, and, and uh, all the soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines with whom I fought uh, in places all around the world to hold up American uh, prestige and honor and be that tip of the spear of our foreign policy. Um, it's really tough to watch a um, administration uh, uh, disavow all of that, quite frankly, and, and be more focused on the wrong things as opposed to maintaining our status as the preeminent military in the world, the preeminent if, influencer if, in the if, world. If you, if you had to go back to what we try to do in the, particularly the early days of the, the Trump administration was if you're going to confront the CCP, and of course, you know, I was, uh, according to Josh Rogan, his book, uh, Chaos Under Heaven, the head of the Superhawks, which we don't believe in the legitimacy of the CCP. We think that our our main focus should be assisting the Lao Beijing, the Chinese people, to take down the CCP. But even if you're a hardliner like uh, like um, Pompeo was, or if you're a realist like Mattis was, or even if you're an accommodationist like uh, Kushner and Cohn were, um, the other groups that, that kind of fought it out in the White House. If you just look around the Eurasian landmass and, and you go from counterclockwise from the Northwest Pacific, where we have South Korea and, and Japan, uh, you get down to the uh, Straits of Taiwan, the South China Sea, you come around to the Indo-Pacific, you got India, uh, you come up to the Persian Gulf, you know, you've got uh, Saudi Arabia, Israel, uh, other nations, uh, UAE, other nations, and you get, to, you get to Europe and particularly Northwest Europe with NATO. You have, if you're going to do this in an America first way, you have to have allies. Given that you're saying that NATO right. got shattered in uh, in Afghanistan, is there, particularly with this European war that the European Union and NATO continue to press, is it your belief now that President Trump, one of his things was that, hey, look, you got to pay the 2%. The 2%, they came up with the 2% after the modern revolution, after the modern you know, revolution uh, overthrew the democratically elected, although Putin aligned government in, in Ukraine. Um, it, it, do you believe that NATO today is actually a, a, not a vassal state, not a protectorate, but an actual ally? Do you think that they're they're making progress, forward progress to get to the two percent of GDP and actually have a uh, actually have a operative military? Because I was there and went through all the budgets of NATO. It was kind of a joke. I mean, they spent it on climate change. They spent all these healthcare initiatives. When you actually look at the equipment, material, interoperability, maneuvers, things like that, you don't you don't see a lot. What what are, what are your thoughts about NATO as a as anything but a, in Europe as anything but a vassal state? Yeah, I, I used to say, Steve, that NATO was somewhat of a cocktail circuit, 
and it's more of a political organization than a military organization. Now, that's not to say that uh, brave uh, Brits, Canadians, um, and, and other uh, allied nations that fought with us in Af Afghanistan didn't uh, you know, do what they were told to do. But uh, at, at the senior levels, um, it, it is a very political organization. And uh, the 2%, they're not, uh, for the most part, not paying their 2%. They, they were driving toward that under President Trump, as you know, and that um, they, they're more focused on peacekeeping operations or even when I, I commanded uh, uh, Brit soldiers, a, a para battalion came into uh, Afghanistan and they were, uh, when they got into Kandahar, uh, they had to reset because they were trained for peacekeeping operations. They didn't realize uh, how how uh, we were knocking heads down there with Al Qaeda and the Taliban, and and they had to reset. And and so uh, Europe right now is uh, really not interested, and uh, they're they're interested in the United States carrying the bag uh, to help with Ukraine. And and you might have like Poland and some of the other newer nations in NATO that. Are, are willing to, to come to the fray, but we can't even get them to uh, adjust their their oil use uh, or who they're buying it from uh, because, you know, it's it, the easy get is from, from Russia and, and so the Nord Stream 2 and, and all that. And, and President Trump warned about all of this and he got laughed at uh, for saying this, but it's 100% true uh, that, uh, you know, they are relying on Russian oil. They're buying Russian oil while they want us to provide arms and weapons to Ukraine. So NATO um, is, is, uh, was, was already, a, as an entity, uh, lacking any kind of leadership. President Trump was that alpha dog that needed to lead the pack. Right now, there is no alpha dog. Blinken's nowhere to be found. Uh, President Biden just you know, does what he's told. And, and at the end of the day, we've got a situation here uh, where uh, you, you've got a NATO looking over their shoulder, wanting us to come in and and save the day with Ukraine. And we're we've got rotational brigade combat teams going into Romania and the Balkans and all of that, which I think is smart. From a uh, you know, it's important that we maintain you know, democracy and and uh, Europe and have capitalist trading partners and all of that. Uh, at the same time, uh, it, the it, further it would we be if the Europeans are prepared. If the Europeans are prepared to defend themselves, look, we bailed them out in the First World War when Pershing right. went over with MacArthur and, uh, and, and, and General Marshall was the chief of staff. We bailed them out in World War I. We then bailed them out in World War II. We then bailed right. them out in the Cold War. Three times the charge. I mean, this is a European war. This is, General, you were, what, I think, 81, a graduate of West Point. If 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 we had, if we sat down today and told General Montgomery and and General uh, and General uh, Patton uh, and General Marshall and Eisenhower and Omar Bradley that we were think we were contemplating and doing uh, work right now to support a, a land war in Ukraine, they would look at us like we had lost our minds. Correct? I mean, that was a absolute. That was an absolute. We couldn't get the. We could. It was hard to get the Brits. To buy into D-Day, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, given their, their what happened to them on the Somme, they didn't even want to do a a, 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 a amphibious landing in Europe because of the casualty rates. The, the, even as crazy as Churchill was in the Balkans, never, ever, ever, ever would there be any consideration whatsoever for American combat troops uh, anywhere near 
uh, the Ukraine. I mean, I, am I wrong in that? People don't know the history of World War II. Would, would our I, leaders yeah. in World War II, if we were having a discussion today, they say this is insanity? Yeah, uh, you're, you're exactly right, Steve. There, there is no argument for boots on the ground uh, from any NATO nation inside Ukraine. Uh, it's a, it doesn't breach Article 5. It, it doesn't do anything uh, to, uh, the, to NATO other than uh, rise the temperature a little bit, right? And uh, sure, you know, Putin invaded Ukraine. He shouldn't have done that. We need to take a stand. Uh, and and the, we got to draw the line somewhere on what, how much support we provide. What are the flexible return options we put forward? But we've got to show some leadership here. And uh, you know, again, there's been no diplomacy whatsoever, and that's what China's coming in to do, right? China is trying to uh, take that, and you know, think about this, uh, Steve. You, you remember Reagan uh, built out, you know, he got our economy roaring again, built out the military, 500 ship navy, half million person army, uh, and and grew the air force, and we bankrupted the Soviet Union because we could outspend them. Right now, our economy is not awesome, and China's economy is increasing GDP every year. And they, they projected a, a slowdown in the growth of GDP, but they're still increasing in, in uh, growth of GDP. And think about Russia inside Ukraine and this administration think, okay, we've got them on the ropes. And now China comes in with somewhat of a a uh, uh, limitless uh, uh, supply of arms and munition and and, and cash uh, to uh, it's almost like a reverse Cold War that Xi is trying to do to us. Let's get the United States focused on you know the, uh, we're we're doing it of our own accord already, 100% in Ukraine, and let's backstop Russia so United States just continues to spend money treasure, et cetera, inside Ukraine. And then I'm going to look over my shoulder and, and do a soft uh, takeover of Taiwan, uh, a la Hong Kong. And and uh, all of a are sudden... You, are, are you, are you, are you given you were 82nd Airborne, you were 101st Airborne with combat units, elements of that 10th Mountain Division. Are you concerned? We had Colonel Mills on Saturday and actually went through the map of Taiwan where the amphibious assaults, where the air assaults would come to secure the high-end chip uh, plants. Are you at all concerned, given the focus that the Pentagon has put in armaments, materiel, into supporting the Ukrainian fight uh, in Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian fight, particularly in Bakhmut and other places on eastern, uh, eastern Ukraine, are you concerned that we don't have adequate resources to defend a blockade in the South China Sea Straits of Taiwan, or particularly amphibious or air assault? into Taiwan to take those uh, advanced chip plants? Yeah, I, I'm very concerned about that. I commanded a brigade combat team in the 101st Airborne uh, Division. You know, right now there's 101st Airborne is rotating into Romania. And, and um, you know, you've got a full brigade combat team of 4,000 troops there as a flexible deterrent option to, to message to Russia, don't, don't get near the border. And so... If, if the balloon goes up over Taiwan, really, what are we going to do? You know, we're providing Patriot missile uh, units, uh, systems to uh, the, the Ukrainians. We're providing M1 Abrams tanks. And, and we, we are 
uh, depleting our resources. There's there's critical shortages of certain kinds of ammunition, 155 millimeter artillery and other types of ammunition that are, are in low supply worldwide. And, and so if we get in a position where we cannot um, uh, resource ourselves to uh, fight the war that we say is our number one priority, which is China-Taiwan, then we're, we're in a real um, hurt locker. Tell me about it. you've turned to become a, uh, since you left the, the Trump administration and left the army, you've turned into a novelist. Tell me about uh, Total Empire. It's one of those uh, ones for the guys that are grabbing a plane. Uh, it's the thing you take with you to be a, to be a read to kind of take your mind off all your your troubles in the world. Very, very, not just entertaining, but it's got a lot of geopolitics in it. How, how did you get inspired to write this? Yeah, so Steve, uh, everything we've been talking about motivated me to write um, a, a book, and it's my 15th novel, so uh, from St. Martin's Press, Macmillan, and it's all about an ascendant China with advanced weaponry uh, tricking an administration uh, so that uh, we become beholden to China. And and I did, I, you know, I wrote it about 18 months ago, two years ago, right? that's the book production cycle, you got to turn it in. It takes you six, nine months to write, and then it takes them a year to get it out. And so it just reading the news, being the junkie on uh, geopolitics that I am, uh, it's, it's a great story about uh, Chinese ascendancy in the, in the world and the trickery that they use, which is kind of par for the course for anybody who studies geopolitics, as I know you do. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying kind of thing. And, and uh, certainly uh, nation states are out there first and foremost to aggrandize themselves to, uh, you know, anything. Um, if anybody believes that there's um, a u- utopian purpose uh, beyond uh, enriching China or, you know, e- even the United States, then they, they don't understand realist foreign policy. So total empire is really about all of the bad actors out there. And we've got our hero, General Garrett Sinclair, who is the commander of Joint Special Operations Command and Task Force Dagger, uh, who is the president's uh, special mission unit that goes out and does very discreet missions for the president of the United States. So total empire tries to capture um, all of the things going on in the world today. And it's just uh, happens to be coming out. It came out uh, two days ago, uh, released uh, into the wild here <laughs> and um, getting a lot of great responses because it is 100 percent what's going on today. Uh, an alliance between China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, and it's uh, the United States uh, being ha- handed their jockstrap, so to speak, um, uh, to use a sports analogy. Uh, and, and uh, you know, our hero has to uh, save the day for the country. General Tata was uh, interim uh, head of policy, undersecretary of policy for President Donald J. Trump over the Pentagon, trying to sort that mess out. General Tata, uh, thank you. Uh, 81 grad of the uh, Academy and uh, a combat uh, leader of the 82nd, the 101st, 10th Mountain Division. Sir, uh, awarded the Bronze Star. Thank you very much. The novel's fantastic. Uh, already had a couple of the War Room producers read it and uh, loved it. So good luck with the book and look forward to having you back on to talk uh, geopolitics and national security, sir. Thank you, Steve, and thanks for all you do. Thank you, sir. Honored. 
Okay, we're going to pivot before break. I've got uh, I've got Rebecca Koffler on. Rebecca, I, I've got two minutes here, two and a half minutes. I'm going to toss the ball to you. I just want you to recap what you told the audience. So you got a great piece up about this uh, historic. I keep saying, maybe I ask it this way. I keep comparing this to the to the Molotov Ribbentrop meeting, the secret meetings that took place in the ni- in 1939 that led to that agreement that that the two uh, Nazis and the and the Russians uh, fought on the same side uh, during Poland in the early days of World War II. Although it may be closer to the secret deals the Nazis had with the Japanese to really control the Eurasian landmass from kind of the rim uh, inward. Uh, what are your thoughts? You got two minutes before you go to break. What are your thoughts about that? Yes, absolutely, uh, Steve. That is a great analogy. Uh, we live right now in the riskiest period in modern history. Um, it is my assessment that we face a two-front war right now, one with Russia over Ukraine that Joe Biden is hyper-focused on, and the other one uh, with China over Taiwan. Just like General Tyler uh, said a few minutes ago, we are depleting our own combat arsenal uh, by pumping in this high-tech weaponry to Ukraine. 196 billion worth has already been provided or committed to provide. This is the equivalent of Ukraine's entire GDP for 2021. And so this is exactly why those two were talking about, Putin and Xi. Let me just quote what she told Putin as he was saying goodbye to his Dear friend, he said, changes are taking place now that haven't happened in a hundred years. When we are together, we drive these changes. And Putin said, agreed. So Joe Biden is completely unprepared for handling two wars at the same time. The Pentagon is focused on pronouns and Marxist ideologies instead of teaching our officers how to win wars. Um, The Chinese have developed unrestricted warfare in which they plan to exploit uh, what they call extravagant style of warfare because we're shooting birds with golden bullets, according to the Chinese. Remember the balloon that we just shot down using a $400,000 missile? This is exactly how they're going to deplete our uh, missile arsenal in the run-up to this war, just General uh, Tata said. So we are in a mess with Joe Biden. Rebecca... Rebecca, just hang on one second. We'll take a short commercial break and return with Rebecca Koffler in a moment. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. And to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. 
text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Bannon to 989898. Citizens, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food and you do it right away. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Let me repeat that. $200 per kit savings. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories per day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and assure your vital communication stay brighter. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Thursday, 23 March, Year of Our Lord, 2023. <laughs> when we first opened, I didn't have my mic open uh, in the in the first segment. So I, I did it right this time, folks. Uh, Rebecca Koffler, just real quickly, I want to go back to your background. You were at Defense Intelligence Agency, and your specialty is uh, Soviet Russian strategy, the inner command of Putin and how Putin thinks. You wrote a book that I continue to tell people. Is um, is one of the most profound books ever written by Putin, and I think you can see his his moves if you read your book. First, I'll tell our audience quickly what is defense intelligence. Most people know the CIA and James Bond characters at MI6. What is defense intelligence? What is your what is the role of defense intelligence? Why were you there? And I want to talk about your specialty 
of knowing the Kremlin's high command, particularly the KGB, SF, FSB that run it. Uh, and uh, and I want to also talk about the war games and what 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 came out of your efforts there, ma'am. Absolutely. So the Defense Intelligence Agency is the military counterpart to the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. We call the CIA uh, clowns in action, actually. Uh, but this is uh, lovingly, so to speak, right? Uh, what we do, uh, CIA provides political intelligence. DIA, we provide war fighting intelligence. Um, what does it mean? We track foreign adversaries, military capabilities, military um, intentions and specifically assess how do they fight wars? Because not everybody fights wars the same way that the United States does, right? We are the top dog militarily. Uh, we have superior weaponry, uh, but our weakness is understanding how the adversaries plan to take us on, right? Because Russia and China, they developed concepts that intended to bypass our technological superiority that the adversaries believe is our vulnerability. Remember uh, Afghanistan, after 20 years, uh, of fighting uh, people who don't even have a regular army, right? They wear towels on their heads and they don't have superior weaponry that we do, but we withdrew. And that is an example of how adversaries like Russia and China think. And so the war gaming, as you, as you said, I, and, and I was one of the top three in the entire uh, US intelligence community that includes 18 different agencies, including uh, mine, I was the top, uh, part of the top three team on Russian doctrine and strategy. We knew what Putin was thinking, what doctrine and strategy Russia was developing. I personally briefed scores and scores of military commanders and senior officials within the Obama administration's Pentagon, the political appointees, right? I briefed Obama's National Security Council. Um, I briefed NATO, Steve, in the run-up to the 20. 14 Putin's invasion of Crimea. I briefed NATO in September 2013, laid out at, at the you know level that we allowed to. Uh, we conducted war games at the very, very high level, you know, top secret and above, but then we downgraded certain, you know, top secret information and we laid it out. And as General Tyre uh, just said, NATO was not willing to chip in, the Europeans were not willing to chip in towards their own security. Um, President Trump had to practically, you know, twist our arms to provide even 2%. And uh, so nobody did anything about that, right? And now everybody's acting surprised, oh, Putin, you know, invaded Ukraine. Well, and, and somehow we're supposed to magically come up with a strategy. Biden was at the helm as the vice president. He was in charge of the Ukraine policy, right? Did nothing about that. And so the war gaming showed uh, to us every single war game, Steve, that I was at, and I led some of the some of them as the red team. There's blue and there's red, right? You know, for 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 your listeners, blue is the United States and NATO, and red uh, is the adversary. In this case, it was Russia. I also participated in some with China, and so every single war game with Russia, if we pushed them very hard, uh, it ended up in a limited nuclear war. What is a limited nuclear war? The Russians. Um, they have acknowledged that conventionally the United States and NATO are superior. 
at the same time, they can simply know they they can't give up what they call the strategic security perimeter, which Ukraine is part of. Um, the Russians relied on that for their security for centuries. That perimeter has reduced with the collapse of the Soviet Union from a thousand miles to 100 miles, right? It's a shorter distance than between New York and Washington. And so what do they do as part of these uh, war games that were uncovered? They detonate a low yield tactical nuclear warhead, sub kiloton in order to create what they call a strategic pause, just kind of throw off the adversary uh, off balance, make them think and deter the US from deploying troops and intervene on their behalf. And so that's where Joe Biden is sleepwalking into. And he realizes that. Remember a, a couple of months ago, he acknowledged we are now facing potentially a cyber, I'm sorry, a, a nuclear Armageddon. Cyber Armageddon is something different that the Russians are also preparing for. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so why is he doing that? Why is he intentionally dragging us into a nuclear furnace where potentially our uh, boys and girls are going to be deployed as Zelensky wants them to? Remember a few months ago or a few weeks ago, he said, your children are going to fight in my war. Why is he doing that? I have no idea. He effectively has outsourced decision-making on strategic issues to a foreign leader, Zelensky, because anything Zelensky wants, you know, Joe Biden just give him just like that, writing a blank check. Or is it your, profe- is your professional opinion, is it your professional opinion because all the talk, you know, China came up with a priest proposal, you got to go to the table, but it assumes... Uh, no, no Russian troops out of uh, Donbass, and certainly not Russia giving up uh, Crimea. Uh, do, do you do you believe uh, there's any intention of the Russians at all to either leave Eastern uh, Russian-speaking Ukraine in the Donbass or to leave Crimea, ma'am? Zero, zero intention to leave, and there's also Ukrainian chances to win this war are exactly zero, uh, Steve. Why is because Putin is pursuing a strategy of attrition that relies on relentless attrition of manpower. That's how the Russians won every single war in history. So the Russians have 143 million people. Ukrainians have 43. So you can do the math. And so this is why um, the Pentagon and Joe Biden are prepared to fight the Russians until the last Ukrainian. And then what? And so she knows this. And while we are mired in Ukraine, she is actually has direct, he's transitioning China onto a wartime footing. Okay. I wrote another piece uh, in the um, New York Post describing the five, what we call INWs in the intelligence business indications and warnings of what she is doing. Um, just, just real quick, he has established a wartime cabinet. He gave direction to his armed forces to put all the energy to get ready for war. China has beefed up its uh, space order of battle from 250 satellites to 499 satellites. Why? It's because every aspect of warfare right now is conducted through satellite constellation, from missile warning to command and control to uh, navigation, targeting precision strike and at the same time china also is developing counter space weapons to what they call deafen and blind u.s forces 
they have concluded that our space reliance is our Achilles heel and they want to cut us off, deafen and blind us. And those counter space weapons include kinetic heel, uh, vehicles, electronic warfare, directed energy uh, weapons, all the way to space or uh, uh, robots orbiting the Earth, right? And that's what he's doing. And as long as he believes that we are hyper-focused on Ukraine, we're incapable of fighting a two-front war. And this is why, the, you know, this team is just completely incompetent. Uh, and our commander in chief is unable to make the decisions that prioritize our national interests, not someone else's, not Ukraine, Zelensky. Yes, Ukrainian people have fought valiantly, but Zelensky is strategically incompetent. If he thought that Putin was going to allow Ukraine to become part of NATO, he is completely naive. He doesn't understand history. I mean, we wouldn't allow Russia or China to get as close as uh, as uh, Mexico or Canada, no military, say military commander would allow 100 mile proximity of an adversarial alliance. So that that's where we are at. That's the big picture. That is why my assessment is that we're living in the riskiest time on modern history. Uh, in the riskiest time, let me ask you about people. One of the, the, the pushbacks we get about NATO is that if if Putin is not stopped and the Russian military are not stopped in Ukraine, that the Baltics, uh, the new members of NATO are coming in, Finland, Scandinavia, the Baltics, uh, Poland are going to be uh, are going to be ripe for the taking. When I look at Bakhmut and, and there, it's interesting about Zelensky's call. Zelensky has been very adamant from day one and the Western allies have been saying, no, no, you got to give it up, retrench get ready for a counteroffense in the spring. He says he's been saying, no, it's strategic symbolically in the optics of the uh, Ukrainian people. And they've made a quite courageous stand. I mean, there's not much actually left of Bakhmut right now. But w- w- does it show the world that the Russian military is kind of, I don't know, through corruption and competence, but how have they been unable to take Bakhmut And now I think we're in the sixth or seventh month of this battle, which is, is right now becoming the biggest, bloodiest, uh, you know, gnarliest battle of the 21st century, ma'am. Here's how, uh, Steve, the Russian military is tactically does not come even close to to U.S. military. Nobody fights like Americans, right? We are superior, you know, competent. Uh, Our training is just superb. So, but Putin did not anticipate to fight Americans. Look at what we have thrown to uh, to Ukrainians. Anything, you know, it started off with stingers and javelins, and now it's all the way to uh, Abrams tanks. Um, And uh, we're potentially uh, providing also Patriot missile defense systems. And so the, the Russians are having trouble because Ukrainians are using superior weaponry that we are providing and because also they they just have tremendous will to fight. And the argument that if we don't stop uh, the Russians right now, that they're gonna go after Baltics is illogical. If the Russians can't beat Ukrainians in a clear military victory, how the heck 
do, do those experts think that Putin is going to go after Poland, after Latvia, Lithuania? It's just, a, it, it's just absurd what they are arguing. Uh, Rebecca, uh, I know you've got a bounce. Uh, where do people you've got the you've got the uh, article in the New York Post about the Chinese, I think on Fox about uh, you had one the other day, but zero probability that the Ukrainians could actually mathematically win. You've got a great piece up on uh, on the summit itself. Uh, where do people go to get your to find your writings? Uh, I'm on social media at Rebecca zero one three two. Uh, on Truth, Getter, and Twitter, and I have a website, RebeccaCoppola.com. Google me. I'm on Fox News and New York Post. Uh, you can get all of my analysis at the unclassified level. Rebecca, I think we agree with you here in the war room. I think this is the most dangerous time in modern history, and I actually think you could argue it's probably the most dangerous time in American history. I think it's actually more dangerous now than it was in the late 1930s as we were hurtling or we were actually sleepwalking into World War II. But I think it's uh, I think it's an incredibly dangerous time and really appreciate you being one of the, the Sherpas that helped take the audience uh, through uh, all the complexity here. Thank you. That is exactly why we need to put the right people uh, in charge in 2024. Somebody who can think critically and strategically. Thank you for having me, Steve. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, this has all been uh, inextricably linked. In fact, do we have another uh, cut of uh, of uh, the TikTok uh, individual? I think we have another cut. Uh, let's go ahead and play the other. Just, 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 just to, when you when you booted up and got it. And here's why: I want to show the arrogance. Remember, what you have is you've had up to date is unrestricted warfare. Okay. Unrestricted warfare is the battle plan, is the battle plan for the Chinese Communist Party in its uh in its a uh, direct confrontation in the war they've been running in the United States. D- don't ever forget. The CCP has been at war with the United States. Psychological war, cyber war, information war, economic war. Let's go ahead and play. I want to play another cut. I could play these cuts all day long. What I'm trying to show here is the the arrogance of uh, of the TikTok uh, management, the TikTok executives, particularly the CEO, who is uh, obviously a CCP asset, and his arrogance and disdain for this question today, to me, was unparalleled and sends a big message to the American people that, hey, India took this thing down two years ago without any questions. We should have done the exact same thing. Let's, play, let's go ahead and play this cut. As you state in your testimony, ByteDance is TikTok's parent company. Is it accurate to say that you are in regular communication with the CEO of ByteDance, Leon Robo? Chair Rogers, yes, uh, I am in Thank you. communication with him. Okay. Kelly Zhang is the CEO of ByteDance China, overseeing Doyen, the Chinese version of TikTok. Are you in regular communication with Kelly? I'm not in regular communication with her. The ByteDance editor-in-chief is Zhang Pu. Fu Ping, correct? I believe so. And Wu Xu Gang is Beijing ByteDance Technology Board member and also an official of the Cyberspace Administration in China. Is this correct? Uh, I believe so. I, they are not Thank in you. the right... Thank you. All of these individuals work or are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party are not at the highest levels of leadership at ByteDance. 
a company where you previously served as the chief financial officer and where you regularly communicate with their CEO. TikTok has told us that you weren't sharing data with the CCP, but leaked audio from within TikTok has proven otherwise. TikTok told us that you weren't tracking the geolocation of American citizens. You were. TikTok told us you weren't spying on journalists. You were. In your testimony, you state that ByteDance is not beholden to the CCP. Again, each of the individuals I listed are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, including Zhang Fuping, who is reported to be the, the Communist Party Secretary of ByteDance, and who has called for the party committee to, quote, take the lead across all party lines to ensure the algorithm is enforced by, quote, correct political direction. Just this morning, the Wall Street Journal reported that the CCP is opposed to a forced sale of TikTok by ByteDance, quoting a CCP spokesman as saying the Chinese government would make a decision regarding any sale of TikTok. So the CCP believes they have the final say over your company. I have zero confidence in your assertion that ByteDance and TikTok are not beholden to the CCP. Next question. Heating content is a way of promoting and moderating. Tomorrow, uh, I got to tell you, that's Kathy McMorris Rogers, and she's not known as a fire breather, but she did a, an excellent job today. Uh, and my point earlier about, you know, it's ridiculous we're doing this. It is overall. We should do what India did, what Modi did. We shouldn't be talking about selling this thing and shipping billions of dollars, selling it to Microsoft and shipping billions of dollars to the CCP. This is a CCP company. Kathy uh, McMorris Rogers just, just, uh, Went through the whole thing right there. Uh, you can see, and she's hammering all day long. The guy's lying, obfuscation, all of it. So it was a, uh, I think, a, hopefully a big wake up call. I think it was a big wake up call on Capitol Hill last night. They had the Hill and Valley. This is a new kind of lobbyist group coming together from people on Capitol Hill and people in Silicon Valley. Peter Thiel was there. They had a couple people address the organization, and they really want to get tough with the, the CCP. But nobody wants to take down the CCP. We said today earlier on the on the on the show, I had uh, Colonel Newsham who wrote the book uh, when China attacks. It's six months. If we cut them off from capital, if we cut them off from uh, technology, they would fall in six months. OK, as we get into this more of the geopolitics, you have to understand the politics of money and particularly the geopolitics of money. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. Just order. We've got it's totally free. You can download three-part series so far. The third part is the debt trap. You will understand everything about the debt limit. You need to know everything about the negotiations coming on. Remember, we can't stop the inflation until you stop the government spending, and they're not going to stop it by themselves. We're going to have to force that to be stopped. You have to understand money, the debt, national debt, all of it. We've got a three-part series. Uh, the politics of money is the first. The second is the prime reserve currency. The third is the debt trap. Get all three of them. Plus. You can get every information kit. Gold is on fire, as you know. It's time now for you to immerse yourself and understand it. Understand why precious metals may be a hedge for you, particularly for your pension fund, either 401k or IRA. But check it out. Just Birch Gold. It's all free. Information kits are free. Uh, the uh, series we've been working on with Birch Gold is totally free. Just go ahead and download it, read it, get the information kits. Then you can get online. You can go back. Philip Patrick and his team a complete team of advisors and consultants that can help you go through uh, the details of this. That's birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go check it out today. Okay, I want to thank Memphis, uh, particularly General Tadya 
and uh, and Rebecca Koffler. Fantastic show. We're going to get more into the geopolitics, the economics, the capital markets, and the politics of it all tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock when you'll be back in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.